0: Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, examine, question, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. So I am super, super excited today because this is our 100th episode, and we have with us today our guest from episode one. Uh, She is... The star of America's Got Talent, or one of the stars. Yeah. The star, Probably I feel like. the major like. star. The major star. Next
1: to Simon. Next, exactly. Yes.
0: Exactly. The only two that have staying power, right. Vicky, And and uh, she uh, is a comic. She's toured around the world, I could say, at this point. Yeah. Parts of the you world. You count Fresno. Yeah, I do count Fresno. Okay. Because raisins are important. That's right. And uh, so I'm excited to have Vicki here. I've known Vicki a long time. Uh, Vicki, when we first had her on the show... It was pre AGT. She had not, they had just started filming. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know she was going to make it into the finals. We didn't know, like, things have changed. Uh, So I'm super excited. Without further ado, Vicki Barblack, it's great to have you.
1: Thanks for having me back. I had to wait 99 episodes for you to finally call me up, but I sat by the phone. For all these weeks, and you finally called me back. Thank
0: you. Well, I felt like you needed to get some traction. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? You, I wanted right
1: you, Another <sighs> schlub interview with nothing to say. You know, yeah. I
0: figured within a couple of years, I was hoping there'd be a little bit of movement. Yeah.
1: Well, it, there has been a slow amount of movement. A slow there was amount a, of movement. Actually, there's a huge, gigantic torrent of movement. Uh-huh. And then the grinding halt. Oh, grinding halt. There's something halt. going on lately. Oh, Have yeah. I heard that. Yeah, I think it's the flu.
0: It a lot of people or spring fever. Yes. I think. Yes. And, and that's just shut things down. Yes.
1: When I said, rec, you know, uh, temperature check, I didn't think you were going to do rectal. I mean, I think I you took j- it a little too seriously. But I just feel it's more accurate, and uh, I want to be safe. I just... I'm, I want to be safe. I did at least... It was not on the camera. And no, I appreciate, I appreciate that.
0: that. And I appreciate that you showered. So, like, yeah. life is good. That's you know what right. I'm saying? It's important. <laughs> it <laughs> so, is. So, Vicky, you know, one of the first things I have to say, because I meant to say this the last time we talked, is... um you're sort of, I don't know if I should blame you or thank you, but, you know, you're the reason um, that I'm the CFO at the Comedy Store. Yeah. Because you told Mitzi.
1: I was, Mitzi goes, I ain't no accountant. I was sitting right next to her and I said, Mitzi, you've got to call Bob Wheeler. He's a brilliant, account- he's a, he does comedy, but he's a. a- <laughs> <laughs> he's much better at accounting. <laughs> no, I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't say that. Because we were all new comedians. We were all new. And I, and I said, he's a brilliant, brilliant a, a CPA and you'll love him. And she met you and she he loved you. you and you saved the comedy store many times. Well, without I, you, we wouldn't have a comedy store.
0: Well, I love being there. It's uh it's one of those things. Now I have to say we are sitting atop of a hill yes, in your trailer, park. trailer park, on yep. well, your trailer trailer in the trailer park. That's right. The coastal Hills of Oceanside. So we've got a breeze. We've yeah. got chatty neighbors. We've got a pool right. and a jacuzzi. Yep. Um, Everything's some beautiful plants in, in the back Yeah, um, uh-huh.
1: growing high. That's and, right. Um, you can smell the <laughs> legal plants that we're allowed to have here growing. Exactly.
0: Yes. I've got a certificate. You can have six. Yes,
1: up to six. <laughs> Lose babies. He doesn't Lose have pictures ba- of the grandchildren in the yeah, wall. Yeah, they're, they're growing. Just look. They're just, look, and I just planted that. They're just planted. Oh. oh, my God. So, yeah,
0: so things have changed, right? You. Um, you started getting booked and I mean, well, you were getting booked, but like things changed dramatically financially.
1: Oh yeah. You... I mean, I, I was so broke for all these 20 years. That one time I got 50,000 for America's funniest mom. Mm-hmm. But that was, you know, that lasted me three years. Probably i made, you know, I, I comics, stand-up comics, unless you're, unless you have a really a big TV credit, you, you make a few hundred dollars a week. Right. And, and you, that's it. And you, you know, I did some hustling for um, fundraising and stuff like that. But even then, I mean, I wasn't a big corporate draw. So, I mean, I literally,
0: (laughs) I remember a couple of Union Bank. Oh my God.
1: Oh my God, Bob. uh, Yes. Oh my God. I remember that we were in Pismo uh, Beach, this yes. fancy Pismo Beach golf club. Yes. And I'd done the thing for Union Bank before, and they loved me. So they brought me, but the big corporate guys from Japan came. You remember that? Yes, I did. And then they all turned their backs <laughs> on me. They literally just turned the chairs away from the stage so they didn't have to look at this. Well, it was, it was well, so the sh- funny. The skirt was a little short. The skirt, my usual <laughs> shirt, short skirt. It was too much. It was too much. And then we had that beautiful hotel room. It was like a $1,000 hotel room. The bed was like two feet deep. And I said, Bob, you cannot sleep on that little couch thing. You have to come up here and sleep in this bed with me. And then he sa- you said yes. And um, sometime during the night, I remember just kind of turn it over. And I, I might have put my arm around you. And then you flew out of the bed so fast. And I said, oh, Bob, I won't do it again. I said, I'm going to put a big barrier between us. I'll make a bed roll barrier. And you're like, no, no. No, it's, it's your snoring. It's not that you attack me. It's your snoring. You can sexually was, assault me. I Just don't snore. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the funnest time. That was oh fun. Oh, my God. That, that was, was fun. the Yeah, I think word got around the corporate world there. Yeah. <laughs> don't hire that one again. <laughs> she's, she's crazy. But, but so, now I, I do corporate all the time. Now I'm, you're doing corporate. You're getting paid. Getting paid. And, you know, I made uh, great, great money on the tour of uh, the shows were selling really well and you get a you know portion of the ticket sales and and, the, and it got some really big giant jobs and it was amazing. Well, you're doing a show in Vegas on a regular basis. And, and my, my, a really great thing that because Simon Cowell got involved and did get me these amazing managers mm-hmm. and they got me with the Caesars people and they got me into that Jimmy Kimmel situation and, and getting to do Jimmy Kimmel's comedy club and having Jimmy approve me and having a residency in the coolest room in Las Vegas. Yeah. Every Tuesday, trailer park Tuesday that, that was like, you know, a dream come true. And that, yeah. and and our piano was still locked in there because Lou, my husband, my favorite husband so far, he plays the piano before my shows. He's a piano player at the comedy store. so how I met him. But we were, it was a Tuesday night. We were coming back the next Tuesday in March. We left the piano there because we were going somewhere. We didn't need it. And we flew out and left the piano, and it's been there ever since. Oh, no. I the Jimmy Kimmel room.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I remember um, you did the show, and then we actually um, had to go to Sandy's funeral. Yeah. And we were in a grocery store. Yeah. And we were getting flowers. Mm-hmm. And people knew you. You remember? And yep. people were like, oh, my God, that's <gasps> Vicky." And so what was it like to having struck, you know, struggled or just done your thing and not being recognized to all of a sudden you're the woman from AGT. You're the woman in the bathing suit. You're the right. w- woman from the trailer trash, nasty,
1: right? People would always yell, that's trailer trash. I'm like, trailer nasty. <laughs> trailer Nasty. And um, it was really fun. I, I, people say, Oh, you is annoying ever. I, I think when you wait so long for it, it'll never not be annoying and I mean, I mean, I had so many fun things. Like pilots would let me sit up in their cockpit and just trippy <laughs> stuff. And it was just, yeah, it was. I really liked liked it. You know, people were so nice. Yeah, and nobody was ever a mean or an asshole. They were just really kind and loved you on the show. You changed. You know, it was all. You know, just wonderful.
0: How did it change with other comics and you doing shows and all of a sudden getting more traction?
1: You um, know what blew me away was the really. You know, you never know how that would go, but everybody, all the comics that I've ever known, really, everyone just reached out to me and said, Vicki, we are so happy for you. One of us, if one of us could break through, we're so glad it was you. I mean, so kind, like so nice, you know, I didn't get any like, oh, she doesn't deserve this or she's, she's just a jerk or she's not cool. She's an, yeah. She's a dumb act. Nobody did any of that. Yeah. And I was blown away by the real, sincere support. Mm -hmm. And it just, it meant the world to me, really.
0: Yeah. And how has it been for your kids, who now you have grandkids? Yeah. um, How was
1: that, like, to
0: have them see you get the success?
1: It was really fun, but the worst one is my little grandson, Ben. He's like seven so he would go around to the school like a, little, like a little producer and go, I think I'm going to be able to get you into my grandmother's upcoming uh, TV show if you treat me right. So you might want to let me have that cookie. Yeah, I'm sure I get you a role in a new show. Literally, he was going around like he's some kind of, you know, producer. It was so funny. I'm like, Ben, you can't say that. <laughs> I'm so uh, like, well yeah. yeah,
0: hey, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, he's a little shyster. And what would you say have you've done differently with your money? If anything, um, because money's like money's come in, uh, it's more than just $50,000. What have you done anything different? What, what has been your,
1: you know, what's a great thing. Thank God. Lou and I decided that we would just live like we lived before because mm-hmm. we had a real strong feeling. <laughs> we didn't know we'd be this right. <laughs> we had a feeling that wouldn't last very long. You know, it's a very good, people think, oh, once you get a break like this. Well, first of all, I'm 60 years, 60 years old when this happened. 60 years old, yeah. I'm 62 now. Wow. And, and both of us felt like we better save every dime. Because we, this could go away like that, Right. and and so we live just the same as we did before. Rarely did we splurge. I remember I bought the my grandsons a golf cart. It was fifteen hundred dollars. I bought them that for that first Christmas, and that was like a, that was a big outrageous expenditure. Right. And we did buy the truck, and I'm like, oh, but then Lou goes, well, we could write it off. But other than that, I mean, I still have a, my old broken refrigerator that we keep gluing back together, and we didn't. You know, that I did buy the pool, but that was $300. Right. And I'm, I'm, using, I'm using it every day. Right. But other than, I mean, literally, we're just, we saved all of it. And I'm so glad. And what was,
0: besides the just knowing that it might not last yeah. forever, yeah. like, was there any, like, I know for some people, they would be looking and saying, well, I've got the money, so now I'm going to have all the things that I didn't get, I had to go without. Do you think it was because, um, you've had a little bit of maturity and you're able to say, look, those things aren't as important or, you know, well, no, I'm really in fear that there's going to be no money. Like, what helped you to stay really focused on we're just going to keep living the, the life we've been living has been so far so good or it wasn't enough, but I can live with not enough. Like, what?
1: I think that I there was extreme fear of I've been so poor for so long. Mm-hmm. So I've read that people that go through poverty they always feel poor right so maybe that's just the syndrome that i live in right that i i i will still my friend was so happy when we were working in nashville when i paid five dollars to park because (laughs) i will drive miles i'll miss an opportunity for lunch i'll miss the lunch trying to get a free parking right so he was like you're gonna pay for parking he was so relieved because he, my feature act and I'm I again, we're yeah, doing it. We, we only have a couple hours to mess around in Nashville. We're paying parking. Sure. His mouth dropped open. I mean, so, I mean, like I've learned to just be so tight. And, and, and I did though feel a couple times like I want that creeping feeling like, oh, I could probably buy that or I want that. Then I started noticing if you want one thing, you, just, you want another thing. Like I bought that golf cart for the boys. Then my grandson, Timmy turned 15, grew seven inches. He's six foot six and he's 15. He can't fit in the golf cart. So then I'm like, now I want a gas powered, um, he can't fit the go-kart. Now I want a gas powered golf cart. And I really started looking for one. I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do that. And so, um, you know, I just, but I feel like when you start letting go of the money a little bit, then you think it's kind of like a slope that I really felt. I could feel it. Like, you know, like, you know, if you, You want to, my kitchen, this is the original kitchen, uh, this is a 1974 house. The kitchen's a 1974 kitchen. I mean, I did my own countertops with some fake crap, but I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, well, we should, no. Because once, I just, my kitchen's fine. You know what I'm saying? But I I just, it's that creep for me. It's like, you spend a little, then you, it just keeps going. And I just, I'm I'm actually glad that I'm terrified, I guess.
0: Yeah. So you talk about this fear and of having been poor. Um, and I'm I'm thinking back like no, I don't need the new kitchen and I know I'm often called cheap. I like frugal, but cheap. Um but I also think I have this like I like I hold, you know, I got to get every, and that's probably a part of my um, OCD where, you know, I have to get every drop out of the mushroom, uh, cream of mushroom can or the tuna. I would, you know, or if it said it needed three cups, did it know that I was going to leave a residue on the, and I'm trying to get, like, I'm so obsessed about that stuff. But like right now I have a rice cooker. I have two rice cookers. I've had a new rice cooker for three years, but I don't want to use it yet. Because even though the old one has a couple of scratches, it's probably time for it to go. I, I'm, but I could probably get eight more batches of rice out of the right. rice cooker. Yeah. And so the new rice cooker has literally been sitting in the closet for three years. Cause I'm
1: just, can't
0: it's still use out of it. Like it needs to be
1: dead, dead, dead. Right. To me. Yeah. Before I'll be like, Oh, okay. Now I can have the new. Absolutely. Like I got a new, a brand new GE. Uh, electric, uh, stove and double oven from some people who are remodeling their house. They gave it to me. Wow. I mean, you know, that's what I look for. And I'm never going to change. Right. I don't care how much money I have. I'm not going to try to I think the people that brag, like I have some cousins, they have a lot of money and they brag, like I bought this wonderful washer and dryer set. It was like $6,000. I'm like, big deal. Tell me you bought a wonderful washer and dryer for $300 with a dent in it, bitch. That's what I want to hear. You know, or tell me, oh, we got this new wine. It was $50. Well, you're an idiot if you can't find a good bottle for $50. That's you know, right. find me a $5 bottle of wine that's good. True then yours. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll lay down and say, bow down. Right. You know, but this, these people that are bragging about what they bought, were they wasted? They could have bought. I don't want to hear it. Shut up. It's yeah. boring and stupid. Yeah, will be I paid double retail. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, I will. I will go anywhere for like my Macy's couch. I mean, I waited till I got it on the major se- sale because unfortunately, I had a problem with the old couch. Now This is how cheap we're talking about. Then you would probably relate to this. I bought this beautiful like thirty five hundred dollar couch on Craigslist. They had the receipt. They had just bought it and I bought it for four hundred dollars and eight tickets to the comedy store. And it's a beautiful couch. And then we went on tour for two years. And while we were gone, some rats came in the house. And we noticed when we would come home, and I actually had a cleaning lady while I was gone, we noticed the rat droppings. And then it got really bad, and we had a, a rat person come out. They cleaned, they fixed all the holes under the house, right. and it was a really great guy. And then we did not see any more rat droppings. Yeah. Then one day, this is right after COVID, we're home. And one of my grandsons lost a, a toy, and his father came over. We took the couch over, and there was a rat nest on the bottom of the couch. Oh, my God. You know what a rat nest looks like? No. It's about two feet long, and they took a lot of the fur on the part of the couch, you know, underneath stuff. Yeah. Made a, and then they brought things from the house and joined it, like uh-huh. weird things from the house, like earrings. Where they, like they enjoyed my yeah, earrings. well, that's good. In this rat nest. And then I thought, oh, gross. We've been sitting on a rat nest. And they're, they're, it's dead. The rats were not the rats there anymore. dead, yeah. But still. Then there it's were an nat- empty house. There weren't rats. Empty nesters. <laughs> yes, empty nesters. Now we're real empty nesters. So we we ripped off the bottom, you know, the black yeah, stuff. Yeah. We ripped, and we cleaned everything out, sweeped. And I sprayed bleach, sat it down like there was never a rat nest there. And I, even me, after about two weeks, I was like, I can't sit on this couch anymore. Yeah, that would freak me yeah, out. Yeah, I'm like, uh, even I got it. I, I would tell people, and they go, oh, we can't come in anyway. Thank God. We'll never come back here. <laughs> if you don't want to cook dinner for somebody, tell them they got a rat nest. Uh, they, they will leave. If you, they'll you, never. You don't have to cook. They don't stay for them. Dessert. They're not. Awesome. So, so I had to find a. I, and you couldn't get in a store at the beginning of COVID. You couldn't find anything. Right. Finally, I went to. I always dreamed of a Macy's couch. Now that is, I've never bought a new piece of furniture in my right. whole life ever. Right. Maybe one or two things, but never a couch, always used. And I used to sell carpet, so I'd always meet people moving. So I always bought beautiful used furniture. Right. So I had no options. I knew I had to get a new one, and, and I always had Macy's couch. So I ordered a couch from Macy's. It was on sale, big sale, and I looked at the color, and it was like, oh, it was like, it looked tan, but I got it. And it was white. Oh. I'm like, we can't have it. What am I going to do? But all the cushions were like really sloppy and didn't fit right and everything and I'm like oh crap. I called Macy's and I'm like listen, look at these pictures. These things don't even this is my dream couch and it's a lumpy mess. I felt like a nut. And they go okay, well we'll give you 30% off. I go okay. <laughs> I love this couch. And so so then I bought white covers to put over my white couch. Right. So now I'm like that person who covers her furniture with fabric. That's <laughs> that's sick. <laughs>
0: Well, you have a dog. To be fair, so maybe well, it's a
1: white dog. Oh, well, it's not like, like he's a problem. It's Lou and I in the morning, coffee and. and I uh, before I covered it, I spent about two hours of my life every week completely cleaning that couch. And right. I'm like this isn't going to happen. But it's your dream couch. It is my dream couch. Now I can't see it. But but you know it's there. under all that cloth. Under the cloth. Any other dream uh, purchases that you've made since? Uh... <laughs> No, honest to God, we, were just, we well that my my truck. I bought a, a truck with it was a couple thousand miles on it, but it almost new Yeah. original. It's, it's a beautiful truck, and it fits all the grandkids in it. But that was that was a huge, and I, then COVID hit, and I'm like, oh God, I should have bought the truck. Hmm. But Lou goes, no, it's still fine, and and we can camp in it. So no, oh, there you go, save money on That's motels. hotels. Cool. Absolutely.
0: Now you never, you know, one of the things that I thought was going to come from um, AGT was. And maybe it did, and I just didn't see it. But I thought you were going to get a date with Simon at Denny's.
1: The, you know, yeah, they said um, they said they wouldn't, Dunkin' Donuts wouldn't let us, but I did get to meet with him at the Four Seasons in Las Vegas, so that was almost as good. But it was, and and, uh, and he, he's been, he just got me great management. He really is a man of his word. Really great, and yeah, you know, and we went on around and pitched a trailer park TV shows and six or seven people all passed, but it was really fun to get to to pitch. And I feel like it's better. It was a lot to think about, but I think that for me, I'd rather just be part of some, somebody's show or whatever, but I I was looking forward to going on auditions and stuff now, but I guess things are starting back up. So
0: it's a little crazy right now. And how has that impacted you for not getting to? I know you're getting ready to go on the stage this week because thank goodness the comedy store in the alley—it's so uh, much fun—is doing shows. Yes, but prior to that, what has it been like not to get to um, get up on stage, not to get to have your craft, not to get like get to make people laugh and do what you came
1: to do? The first few weeks was such a shock because literally we flew every day. I mean, we were, I was on three, four planes a week. Yeah. We were flying on the flying a weekend then back to Vegas every Tuesday out to another city. I only had a couple of weekends off in two years and Christmas and um, that's it. And so we were just going and we'd wake up in the morning and we wouldn't know where we were ever. Yeah. And I just had this way of handling it, which I just didn't think about the future. I only right. thought of today. Yeah. And I, otherwise, if I thought of my calendar or looked at it, I would freak out beyond belief. So I just, every day woke up, where am I? So then it all just stopped to a grinding halt. And for the first few weeks, I would I'd wake up in my house and I, I was like really weird to wake up in the same place every day. What are you day. doing in this house? Yeah. It was like groundhog day. I'm like, am I really awake? And the, and then, you know, I think everyone was in that shock of, you yeah. know, your world is so different now. And, uh, and, and then, you know, then you just got used to it. And then I tried to get some things going. I working on my book and. I'm doing a podcast. I tried another idea; didn't work, so just started a podcast with a great, great little. Crew. Big girls don't cry. It's big girls don't cry, and um, my co-host Amber Rose is a blast. And Mike Vinn from the Comedy Store is an in-house producer, and he's a comic. And we are having so much fun we did episode five last week. It was our swimsuit edition, so we wore our swimsuits for the show. Nice. It's it's a show that's. Scared to big girls. He's scared to the fat. You don't. You don't have to be fat. Skinny bitches are, are welcome they to are. join in. You won't judge them. We're no, there's no judging, and it's for everybody. And yeah. we're we're just really. I never knew how much fun that would be. And what Lou said to me was, you know, because sometimes you can't help but be sad. And he goes, you know, you you know, being on the road, that's great, but you couldn't last forever on the road. And this is opportunity to the podcast that you're so enjoying. Look at that. Tragedy opportunity always comes oh, around. Right. It if does. you if you let it. And it just look you know, sometimes you don't have to let it. You just get a hit in the head with an opportunity. Yeah. And to but I noticed that in so many times in life that and the thing about COVID is a lot of people are learning that there's some really good benefits to this. Yeah. Especially, absolutely. you know, everybody that just felt like the only joy they got was by spending their money. Yeah. And buying
0: crap. I think that's been a huge uh revelation to a lot of people. Oh, I don't need to go out to dinner every single night. Yeah. Oh, I don't need to have this, this, and that. Yeah. Um, or the newest or the fastest. And so- Look I, at that
1: purse. Yeah. I never saw that point. Why would you care? What, if you, uh, Look at this purse It costs, people know it costs more than $1,000. I would be embarrassed to walk around with a purse, personally, I would say, I should have sent that. I, I feel like a pig. That's just, I'm not judging them. Right. But there's no way I'm going to walk around with something that costs $1,000 just to show- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I never got that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me that, um, look, there are places. I, I love to spend money on sushi. I love to spend money on travel. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm tight with a buck when it comes to spending on clothes and other things. I, I don't, you know, I, I joke, I mean, I probably would still be working with cassettes just cause I never, like, I, I hate that technology keeps changing and then I have to replace all of my music and my movies and stuff. So, um, you know, I want everything to stay locked in time. I'm yeah. good with it. Although, although, it's funny. I go back and watch stuff that somebody might have a VHS. I'm like, that's terrible quality. Or right. even watching on classical TV, I watch some of the old shows. I'm thinking, wow, that was filmed really
1: terribly. But at the time, it was quite... You didn't think about it. It was good enough. Beverly Hibbley still looks good to me, though.
0: It's good enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, just
0: jumping back to your podcast, what... Um, so you're having fun doing it, but what did you hope to get out of doing this podcast? Was it I just want to have fun? Honestly, it, yeah.
1: I really wanted to stay in touch with my fan base. Yeah, I thought they will forget me. So right. I, if I did something creative, plus it's literally fun to do something creative. You got to come up with ideas for the show. You got and you got to be funny. and You got to bring your humor. And right. I missed that. So that two things: one, to stay engaged with my fans, and two, to be creative to have something. Creative to do, you know. Besides decorating my wine boxes over and over again, I know. they get just, just but they're beautiful old. wine boxes. Thank I mean, you. you know what I mean. Wine in Thank a box. You. You I think it's going to be the new be- Faberge egg. Yeah, one day. I think so. I think just shellac it. I'm going to have so an exhibit. A, an exhibit of my um, wine of course box you should. creations. Of it's going to be good, Bob. No, seriously. I believe you. I'm going to auction I, them I, off. Uh huh. Starting bid, okay. one dollar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's a start. Hey, I, I was going to throw them away otherwise. Exactly. A buck is a buck. That's right.
0: Here's what I. So here's one of the things that I think is great about you doing this podcast, which is not my podcast, but which I think is great, I'd too. I love your podcast. But um, what I – so one of the things that I think was really cool, and even though it was very funny and people loved it, I think there was something really honest about you going out in your bathing suit. Yeah. I think for a lot of people uh, – for a lot of people that feel ordinary – or don't feel special, um, that you going out there and just saying, I'm proud of like, this is me, this is me unapologetically. Um, it's not, you know, the model ideal. Um, but this is me and I'm proud of it and I'm happy and I'm showing up as me. And I think for a lot of people, um, I think in that moment, even though there, there was a lot of laughter in the surprise and the way you played it, I think there's something that, your fan base connects to in that you're not trying to be something other than who you are. And, and I think a lot of people appreciate that because in Hollywood uh, there's so much, look at what I should be or look at how I present. And I know we talked about this a little bit in the previous podcast, but I'm going to bring it back because it, it, it feels so important is, you know, I remember when I remember when your mom um, got sick and you made the choice to stick with your family instead of taking the shot because you had some really big breaks that yeah. were happening at that time. And like, and it's come full circle. But I, I think there's something about um, staying true to who you are. And, I, and, I, and so I think that's one of the things that, I mean, I think that's why we've had such a long friendship is is that I know that um, like it's the real deal. Uh, and I think that that's what people connect with. One of the things I think people love is the fact that, you know, you're authentic and you're who you are. And I'm curious, with all that's gone on, with having gotten success, being known, what is it that you want to leave for your grandkids? Like, what do you want them to be able to say about grandmammy Vicky? Or, like, what's...
1: They, you know, just they are so important to me. And I, I just, I, I hope they... Well, you know, when you're a grandma, it's just about being a big ball of fun. Yeah. I mean, and I think that like my daughters, because they they were with me the whole twenty years of struggle that mm-hmm. I call struggle but to me it would have been way more struggle if I'd kept my parents' carpet store, even if we would have been rich, but that would have been more of a struggle. Right. But they, they were with me in the in the, the comedy art the life of an artist, how we lived. And they learned to, a lot about giving things up, going for your dreams, not stopping. Keep going, and they're both really successful because they have a lot of grit, and they knew they were on their own. So, with your, with but I feel like influencing grandchildren. It's just uh, I, I just hope they look at me as um, someone who just loves them so much, and and someone who who they could be proud of because I do work hard. They know I work hard. They they still see that I work hard. And, and when I was working so much, they were, they were supporting me, but they said, I remember Joel, he's the middle one. He said, grandma, this means we're probably not going to see as much of you, but we're very happy for you. And we know that you should do this. And he was so right. Cause then I was gone so much, but that's one of the great, like COVID. I mean, the tragedy opportunity is I get to see him again and yeah. watch him grow up the last few months.
0: Yeah. So. I know we're getting close to the end here. I could talk for another hundred hours and we probably will after the recording stops. But um what would you just say to somebody who's a little bit older or a little bit younger, but a little bit older, wants to be a comic, wants to be a singer, wants to be an artist, has a passion, um and
1: and they're too old. Right. That's that's a ridiculous. But it's also going to be a difficulty. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely going to be a barrier to you. Yeah. It's going to be there and it's going to make it harder. And that's just a fact. And that, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. Right. It doesn't mean it can't be done. And it sometimes just, you just have to do what you have to do. And also, yeah. also, it doesn't matter. Success doesn't have to be what it is. I really thought at some point, I always thought I, go, I would get so good at that they couldn't ignore me. That was what Steve Martin said. That was my only plan. Right. But then I kept thinking, man, Steve Martin was an idiot. <laughs> I don't think that was a good plan. <laughs> because I really thought I was going to get it completely ignored. It wasn't going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. At some points I started thinking, well, so what? I've still gotten to do what I loved. I've gotten to the point where, you know, I've got the respect of my peers and, and Mitzi loved me. So I have that. So I'm just saying you don't have to expect these, you know, grand success, you just need to do what you need to do. If if you love something and yeah. not worry about the outcome. Yeah. That shouldn't be it ever. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I totally agree because what is success, right? Yes. Is it 8,000 people loving and adoring me? Is it 10 million right. loving and adoring me? Or is it, uh, living our passion and and having fun along the way yeah. and not taking everything so serious and appreciate appreciating the, the moments and the relationships and family. And, and uh, like, to me, like that is success. The yes. relationship I see that you have with your daughters yep. um, and, and how everybody has stood by you and how you've stood by them to me, like that's yeah. worth 10 million more things than having an extra million dollars in the bank.
1: Absolutely. And when I said a friend of mine, she's a doctor, she worked her way up to the top doctor in the whole children's hospital 32 years old, had her first baby the other day, a few weeks ago. And her husband's like, he's a bank president, but she's a big, big thing in her world. And they're looking at like, she doesn't know what to do. Can she get a babysitter? And I, I, I just, I drove home and I called her when I got home. And I said, listen, you're never going to remember whether or not you had a great day in the hospital, ever. You're never going to remember the few months you had in the hospital. You're going to remember a few months you had with your kid. So if you need to be the one to take care of the kid because you can't get a nanny that you feel comfortable with during COVID, and you have to take a break from your career, you'll never remember that break in your career. You'll yeah. remember being a mom to your baby, yeah. and and the joy of it. Because if you're stressed during that time because you're not, you're worried about that daycare situation, whatever. No, I'm just saying, you you gotta you gotta you gotta think about the big things. And for me, the big things are family, and and. And love and your your partner, your family, and that's it. Maybe your dog, and then your other stuff is is your other stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, Vicky Barbalak, thanks. Oh, it's always so good to have it's you here. Where can about. people find you?
1: Well, they can they can find my podcast. Find the trailer park because we're up, up on the top of the hill. Park is Oceanside Rancho Calavero, space two two five. And I say that people never come by, but anyway, uh it is uh, I, my big girls. Don't cry podcast is on iTunes and all the other podcast platforms and on it's live on, you can see this, do the video uh, show on YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, Vicky Barbalack I also have a website, vickybarbalack.com And I, it's a fun website. With an I. With an I. That's right. Yeah, with a Y. And if you can't find, just look at AGT and my picture will be over there. If you want to see how to spell my name, but um, that's how you find me. And hopefully you'll find me back on tour pretty soon.
0: Well, awesome. Well, I uh, want to say to our viewers, please don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, search for Money You Should Ask.
1: No, Edit. no, no, not tonight. No, nope, no, nope, not tonight. What? I that? am I am bombing. I'm podcast bombing your podcast, No, Bob. I thought you were going to be a guest again. No, thought- no Bob. Uh, we are tired of you asking all the questions. So wow. I have talked to your producer, and uh, I am... Taking over the podcast as host tonight. Yes, sir. You okay. are in the hot seat. Oh, You are going to be talking about money to us. Uh-oh. Yes. Mm-mm. I want to know, first of all, why are you so fond of your Lexus automobiles? <laughs> huh? Why? 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 What makes them so fabulous for you? You know what's great about Alexis? <laughs> what is great about Alexis? Because I think I'm on number
0: seven or eight. Yes. Um, Freaks but, me out. Yeah. They're so freaking reliable. So here's the here's the deal. Okay. So several years ago, when I had a Mercedes, right, um, which I loved, Uh um, I was talking to this other comic Uh who was also a mechanic. Yeah. And I said, Hey, what's the car that never goes into the dealership for other other than the annual checkup? Like, what car do you never see? Right. He said, We never see Lexus. They never bring them in. Right. He goes, They freaking run like a charm. Well, I'm frugal.
1: Yes. And
0: practical. And I don't like taking my car in and having to pay money. And with my Mercedes, I was always like, Oh, cool, it was only eight hundred bucks this time, right? Um and I don't yeah, I don't like paying for car repair. And so the Lexus have man, they I've never had a car not start. I've never it just they So how many miles you usually take up to one? How many
1: when do you get rid of them?
0: Well, my first one I drove until about 120,000 miles. And the thing that I was really upset about with that is they had told me if I'd spent 5,000 bucks it would give me another 100,000. And at the time I still was not financially solid. I was still just like getting it right. together. And I thought it was just a scam, so I didn't um, pay the 5,000 bucks. And then one day the car just stopped. And then when they towed it in, the guy goes, "Oh man, why didn't you do the fi- why didn't you pay the 5,000 and do And I was like, "I thought that was a scam." Uh-huh. They're like, And I'd still be driving that Lexus.
1: So now, next car, how many miles did you get out of that one? Well, so then I found out that um, some of my clients
0: expected to see me in a new Lexus every two or three years. And by the time I got my second one, the credit was good. I was on track. And so Lexus would just call me up and say, hey, we'll give you a new car. And, you know, same deal. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. So you so keep, turning, I, in so cars, keep running, turning in brand new cars. So
1: I keep registering brand new cars and you don't pay a down payment, you just say the, no, so yeah. the same you say the same a monthly payment. Mm-hmm. Do you have how long have you had the same monthly payment roughly then? <laughs> about um, probably about ten years. See, you know, I was so poor I could never afford a monthly payment. Right. So I always had to get a you know, a car yeah. I did once have a monthly payment yeah. on that VW thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and then after that I had to get a payment on the rabbit. But that's true. But other than that you know, i so you so that's what you do. So, but here's but I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. The the one I have right now, um, I
0: love it. There were a couple that I didn't like so much, right? you know. And I, I right. like I, whatever. Sometimes you just get a car, you just yep. I don't know. I'm sorry. There's like some energy or whatever. And one car' one of the comics puked on my way down to La Jolla. Yeah, and I remember I was like, that. And I'm like, I'm trading in this car. I remember that. Trading in the car. Somebody puked. Yeah. Um, but this car, I really love. and I remember how much I loved not making car payments. And I don't really care so much about the write-off anymore. I'd rather just like not pay the money. So I'm actually because I have so low mileage on this car, because you know I live, right. I live and work about yes, a, a mile. Yes, exactly. You know, but I, of course I'm not going to walk it. It's four blocks. It's LA. I have to. So you have drive. to have
1: this car like four years now. Yeah. So this one you might just keep and not keep have a it. payment. I'm going to keep it. And I'm going to. That's not exciting. Have payment. I'm excited. I'm going to keep it. I know you've always wanted, and I love this about you because you're so. Like I want a refrigerator. I want a, I've wanted a refrigerator for 5 years. Yeah. I've been having the same old I hate my refrigerator. Yeah. It's literally glued together. And I want a refrigerator like I can't say. Yeah. And I know that's how much you want a camper. Yes. You've wanted a camper since I met you. Yes. Like you were you were dating um you know park <laughs> rangers just <laughs> to see if you could steal a camper from someone. That's somewhere. right. That's right. So you've always wanted a camper. Yeah. So what's holding you back from you making this camper dream come true? Well, I don't want to buy a new one. <laughs> well, I believe there's something called Offer Up, Bob,
0: which uh, okay. they have many. I, well, so, you know, I – I, because I always – I oh, like, look, I wait to buy things sometimes. Yeah, I waited.
1: I waited. I, I, okay, as long as I wanted a refrigerator, which is about five years, you've been, been talking wanting, about a camper. I know.
0: I know, because I always want to make sure that I didn't overpay, and then I got the right deal, and then I'm going to love it. So sometimes – it takes me a while to make a decision on something because if I'm gonna part with my money, I want to love that I parted with my money. Yes. Like when I eat really good sushi and I part with my money, I know I got my money's worth.
1: The great thing, though, since you have waited, they've developed some really cute pop-up trailers that weren't even available five years ago. See, that's cool. That's why I waited. There's the ones that are called A-frames. Yeah. Have you seen those? They're I've seen patchy. them. They are to die. Now they're probably five years old. You can get a good deal. And maybe now that you've paid off this car, you're not going to have a car payment anymore. Right. You could really think that this could be your year. Plus, it's COVID. It's a great time to camp. No, it's a perfect time. So I'm, I'm going to it's going to
0: happen. I was hoping your daughter would hook me up with. a. Well, Tim, Tim has looked. So OK, I'll, we're going to yeah. find no, this is the year here. Here's the thing. I This is so crazy, but um I can afford to buy it. I. <laughs> believe that yes i believe there's enough money in your stock right now to buy the gun it's that i just want to make sure i'm i just don't i don't like parting with my money i understand right and i i am i am generous with other things i give to charity i do that of course but man i don't know i just uh like i gotta know i'm it's gotta be worth it
1: right right okay
0: and it's not that I sit around and count my money. I, I just know. want to make sure that like when the next pandemic comes, I'm prepared. Right.
1: Exactly. I just I just it's the one thing I sometimes <laughs> think about you. I'm going to have I a camper. I wish one day you
0: you'll get the camper by the end of 2020.
1: That's awesome. I'll I'm put not a saying picture you have up. to, but yeah. yeah Cuz I want to borrow it actually. No, re- oh, okay. No, so, right. yeah. And we just figured out a way to uh, our son-in-law just bought a, 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 a tent for his back of his truck. So now we can go camping but oh that's cool yeah it's you know but it's all i am so happy to hear that um i remember (laughs) i remember you would you used to live in this cool loft in downtown la i did this really cool brick loft it was was just amazing and you had great parties there and then um some at some point uh during the party, you would you would go around it and and make sure that if there was any chips left that, that people were going to eat, you bagged them before they got stale <laughs> during the party. So uh, I'm, I'm not probably saying did. <laughs> I probably did. No, uh. no, was, those were those were really fun times. But I and I also know that you know, like from you spend you have no problem spending money on your animals, taking really good care yes. of your animals. Yes, and a lot of people just have a of. An inability, maybe even they're wealthy, but they don't take good care of their animals. Yeah. Okay. I've never taken good care of my animals because I didn't have any money. Yeah. And I remember one time this lady followed Lou home, Sparky, the last dog, which had 16 years. You know, we never could afford dental work. And those little dogs, their teeth are just, yeah. you, you could smell them from a mile away. And this lady literally followed him home and yelled at us to take our dog to the dentist, dog, yeah. dog dentist. And Lou looked at this woman and goes, I haven't been to the dentist in three years, ma'am. I can't afford to take a dog. I'm a piano player. Slam the door. But when after um, I was on AGT and and uh, Jimmy got sick and we took him to the vet and it was it was teeth. This, yeah. It was teeth causing him to back up. and. Yeah. The lady gave me the bill. is twelve hundred dollars, and I just burst into tears. And she goes, "Oh, I'm sorry." I'm, I, she goes, "It's too much." I go, N- "It's not that. I, I have a four hundred dollar pet limit. They have to go gas, <laughs> and this is the first time I've ever had the money to pay. I get to keep them alive, and I was so happy." <laughs> and it was just, she's looking at me like, "Okay, we're gonna get the net now." Pet value days. I, yeah, pet, pet value, value days, pet days. Which value was your days. old fabulous joke yeah. used to say. Oh uh, was that Joe you I draw the part? line at five hundred yep. bucks. Yeah, my pet doesn't live in this neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, that yeah. was really funny. But you weren't you never were like that, but you were No, I
0: wasn't. I
1: you know, I
0: feel like with my animals, um, I've agreed to take them on and it's my mm-hmm. responsibility. And so, yeah, I I mean, I joke about not doing it, but I do, I, I spend on them. And even if there's something like, there's been a couple of times where there was a false emergency and I rush them to the emergency and they're like, nah, everything's fine. 300 bucks. I still don't feel bad about spending the 300 bucks. Right. Like, cause I'd rather just be safe than sorry. Cause my, my pets have been amazing and I'm, I think yeah, that's I love them.
1: your heart. And the other thing that I love in your love you know, cause I know how you are about money. You're just, you're just like me, but, but it's different because you had, you didn't have to be, (laughs) you chose to be. Like, if, do you, do you dream Bob of one day, just like buying, like shopping, like not shopping center. Nobody wants one of those. Like do you ever dream of like, like really owning buildings and and really becoming really wealthy one day?
0: So I used to like, I used to have this plan. I was going to buy, you know, buy the world one building at a time, have my empire. And I bought a couple buildings and got into real estate. I hated it. I hated it. I was, I was too nice to the tenants. You know, (laughs) they'd be like, Oh, I can't pay the rent. You know, my husband left me and, Oh yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Eight months later. Okay. You're going to have to leave. I can't, you know, so I, I wasn't, I didn't have the temperament to like throw people out and I realized, you know, not my thing. Right. Um, Honestly, life's too short. I don't want, I enjoy money, but again, I tell this a lot of times when I'm a guest on other shows is, you know, when I went to Africa and realized, like had a mind shift that life isn't about how much you accumulate and life isn't about um, my value isn't based on all of my accomplishments, which I still sometimes struggle against. I still want to have all my accomplishments and have my my benchmarks. But at the end of the day, I'd much rather uh, spend it traveling, being with friends being with family uh camping um hanging out with my dog like that stuff is much more important to me and a lot less stressful maybe not so much with family (laughs) right but it's like that stuff's more important to me and yeah i probably there are times that i have people go bob man you should get in on this with us we could make so much money and there's a part of me that wants to play the game because i think i'm good at playing the game right but I
1: don't want to play the game. You don't want to be that, I don't, all that e- effort and what time. What you have to, to give
0: up to, yeah. to, for me, what I think I would have to give up right. to have all that, just to have a whole bunch of extra money that I don't get to take with me or that I can impress people with. Mm-hmm. Like, I,
1: it's, no. The other thing that I've always thought, you know, that you've spent money on and I've watched you and I became a beneficiary of it <laughs> is you, um, you you've, you've attended a lot of 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 um, self-realization, self-fulfillment classes, and, and, and you learned about neuro-linguistic programming, and you've been involved in many, like things that have fed your soul, and you've learned from wise people, and you've, you've paid for these classes, and you've taken them, and you, you've learned to leave them. And I remember, I don't know if you know this much, but how many times I might not have told you, but I've told this about you so many times. It was 20 years ago when my mom died. She died in 2000, 2001. And, um, and I didn't know she was going to die. Uh, she had hepatitis C for 20 years. She got it from her first heart surgery and, uh, I, we never got along. I was always a disappointment to her and I knew it. And, uh, and I always wished I had known her as a friend and not my mother, but we always butted heads, man. And then, uh, you had this extra ticket cuz your friend couldn't go with you to this weekend in NLP Dolores Gutiérrez programming in San Diego we get there and this guy the leader of it i think his name is rodriguez or something yeah. he started the first aids hospices in san diego amazing guy there's a big sign on the stage said one thing you had the mother you were supposed to have right. that's all that was on the stage yeah. i walked in there my mouth dropped did that weekend learned that my mother did the best she could yeah. with the information she had i mean that 's the whole weekend that 's what I took. It was incredibly fabulous for me wouldn 't have gone if, and I never left home if it wasn 't to do stand up because I always thought it was too gone from the kids for some reason when you asked me. I said yes, which shocked me that I would go do something like that. Cause I'm like oh, weirdo stuff, you know, well, I don't was know. Free. But, but even, <laughs> even still, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even still, it was a miracle <laughs> that I said, yes, yeah. but I just think I want to hang out with you. And I said, okay, if Bob's doing it, I'll do. And, um, it's, then my mother and I had the best year of our life together because right. of that, yeah. because I went there because that happened. So I always want to thank you for that because that yeah. was really important to me. But I, but I, I, so it's, I think it's like, you choose. You choose what to spend your money on. Do you have like like Do you have a ritual amount of income that you put away every month? Always percentage of your income. I don't anymore.
0: I like I, what I do is I allocate myself. Um, hopefully, I, I put away about five hundred bucks to a thousand bucks for me to just have play money, and then everything else gets put aside to either go into savings or it goes to pay uh, my other expenditures. So if I can't uh, get my needs met in terms of going out to dinner um, with that 500 to a thousand bucks that I put in. And actually what happens a lot of times is uh, I won't spend it. Right? right? And then it gets to two, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. And then I'm like, ah, eh, I think I'm going to take a trip. So I have created a, a no guilt bank account. Uh, and that's the money that's for me to just do whatever the rest of the money gets just put aside. I put it into 401k. I put it into, an. I invest invested. Um, and I don't, so I don't, it's less about I'm saving 30%. It's more about, I allow myself to have 500 bucks to a thousand bucks and then everything else goes to pay uh, for the things that I, that I want, need, and the rest goes to
1: savings. Got it. So, you know, I guess you invest, you, you advise different people to invest money differently at different ages of their life. Yeah, absolutely. So like I'm 62 mm-hmm. and I don't want to take your time on the show asking you this, but like, I mean, for everybody, like if you just give one piece of universal advice, say you have $50,000 that you think you should invest somewhere or 20,000, whatever it is, m- yeah. and maybe more than 15,000 that yeah. you should invest somewhere. what What do you tell people? Like, what do you tell people? Well, the first thing I
0: would say is if somebody got a windfall of $50,000, I'd probably say take 10% of that and invest in yourself. Like take a trip, uh, do something that you never got to do, do. take a class. um, Like invest in yourself and take that money and have it guilt-free, just 10%. The rest of that money, um, I would say – probably if I because I'm, I would be conservative in my approach I'd probably say if I wanted to invest it away I'd put it into mutual funds because I feel like that
1: even now even now
0: well I feel like mutual funds uh, you sort of get to hedge your bets it, it's it's a little bit more risk free um, I, I mean me personally I'm still I'm investing in some stock um, I you know, luckily happened to buy some Tesla stock right before they had their surprise earnings second quarter here. So their, their, their stock just rose right after I bought it. Um, but I'm not a big, like buy lots of stock. If I buy stock, it's, it's stock that's going to have lots of dividends that I, tr- I have reinvested instead of looking for stocks that I can sell and get right. a capital gain. So, uh, to me, mutual funds are, are a good, sure way to, it's better than an uh, interest-bearing account at this point. And it's, do you choose your own mutual
1: funds or do you – how do you tell well, people there's,
0: to... Yeah, so there's a lot – like you can go to Fidelity. You can go to um, E-Trade. A lot of them have different mutual funds. So if I want to be in a mutual fund that mostly invests in green companies right. or if I want a mutual fund that's more heavy into oil and pharmaceutical which I probably wouldn't be. Right. Um, it, you can choose sort of the area that you want to put your energy, but I find that those have a pretty good rate of return, and they're somewhat insulated from the ups and downs of stock. Um, that I, I just feel like that's if I'm going to put safe. my money away. Um, it's I, better I than
1: anything else. Yeah.
0: You know, you talking two million dollars. Then I'm going to talk about a different way to invest. Right. But if we're talking fifteen to fifty thousand, I'm going to say that's a, a good place, and then put the money in and leave it alone, like forget about it. Put yeah. the money. Don't. That's. I think one of the things that for me, I I put money in different bank accounts, and then okay, that one's got forty thousand in it. I forget about it, like so that right. I'm not going. Oh wait, no, I have extra money. No, I, it's funny. I'll walk around going, oh my god, I don't have any money. Okay, well that's a lie. But but I, I sort of lie to myself. Yes. So that I'm not going back and going, well, I could just take a little out of this one. And I could just, I would rather. Or I could get that camper. I could get that camper. That'll be earmarked
1: out of my uh,
0: I guilt got it. free money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a thing, too. You can't travel very much on a big trip no. right now. So that balloon must be getting big, Bob. It's, uh, <laughs> it's getting there. Although I do get occasional sushi, even though it's a takeout, you know? you know, fat girls don't get sushi. No, no, never do. Why not? Because only thin girls get sushi. It's a a fact of life. You have to buy your own and then (laughs) I would never do that. So I'm still sort of sushi challenged, even though, even now, but I have found some bargain sushi places around here. I have to say,
0: see, I I love sushi. I don't, I don't want, well, when you come back to LA, I'll, I'll take you to a couple places. Um, I don't like bargain sushi. I want, actually, you know, one of the funniest things, uh, I, uh, Peter from the comedy store and I were uh, heading down to La Jolla to uh, to have a weekend meeting with the Mm -hmm. staff and Peter had said to me hey um, do you want to grab something to eat and I said yeah let's yeah there's what what do you want he's like hey you know any good sushi place I said well there's this great sushi place I went to last night because my college somebody from the college had taken me out for sushi the night before and I had heard about this little dive place um, near my house and I said you know And I went there and it was amazing. I mean, it was like butter, it was beautiful. And um, so I said, Peter, it's this great little place. And, you know, and let's go there. So we go there, we eat it. Peter's like, this is amazing. The bill came and it was $500. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. The guy didn't say anything the night before that we had just spent five hundred bucks on sushi. So I'm like, Peter, I swear to god, oh I had no god. idea, right? I'm like, Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean it was five hundred dollars worth of it was no, so good. And no, we didn't even drink, right? Nothing's
1: worth 500 dollars
0: so, so I call the I call the the rep from the college and I said, Hey Knight, did you His name is Knight? My, no the, wonder. Yeah, yeah, Knight. And so I said, Knight, was the sushi dinner the other night 500 bucks? He goes, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I am so sorry. I, why didn't you say anything? He goes, well, you know, look, I don't take people out a lot for dinner and the college approved it. And, and I was like, I am so, oh my God. I never went back to that sushi place because, okay, I don't mind paying 200. I'll pay 250. I'd be praying to God. i brought my cockroach with me. <laughs> Oh my! Five hundred dollars. Peter was like, "Luckily, the good thing is we went down to La Jolla, and one of the um, one of the the beer companies ended up paying for the weekend." No, and I was like, "See, Peter, it all worked out. Thank the beer god. company paid for everything because we ate the budget." Um, oh, that's hilarious! Oh my god, five hundred bucks. It, <laughs> like, okay, I draw the line at five hundred bucks for pets and sushi.
1: Oh, oh people in god. L.A. are—they're insane. They're insane. <laughs> They're not even real. No. That's so crazy. Yeah. I don't know what I do. Uh, it's, I love a good meal, but. Yeah. Well, no.
0: 500 bucks. No. Yeah. That's part of a no. camper payment. Like
1: Lou Lou and I went out last night after the show to a place I love in La Jolla. It's a simple place. It's the pub place. And we, you know, I felt like, okay, I, I got an appetizer and then I, I got a side of onion rings, but no big deal. But Lou got a $22 hamburger and. And then it was really fun. But then today I'm like, well, we can't do that again. So I, I made him cook dinner. So we, our dinner is cooked for after the show when we come back to the trailer. <laughs> that's fun. Oh, that's right. I'm asking you the question. Well, it's, it is your job you, since you took it from me. You know what? I think people are really enjoying not hearing you, hearing uh, you being questions? grilled. Oh, like, okay. yours, yours, you, you, Mr. Money, right? <laughs> <laughs> So you know you've given people a lot of good advice so what is the best advice anyone ever gave you the best financial advice anyone ever gave you i think the best
0: financial advice anybody ever gave me i would say that was my brother-in-law when i first started working and he said to me um don't invest in stock market or any of that kind of stuff unless you're willing to lose the money because um there's no guarantee in any of that stuff And you've got to be able to tolerate losing it um, if you're going to invest it. So I think that, for me, that was a good thing because um, it was a very sobering, oh, I could lose it, right? Just as much as you could. It's gambling. It's gambling. I think one of the other pieces of advice that wasn't direct was um, paying off my credit card debt, like getting rid of that. I think when you're younger, for a lot of people, and I know they give credit cards right out of college, things like that we 're not really taught about all that and the impact, and so when you 're thinking you 've got when you get five credit cards and they 've each got uh, a five to ten thousand dollar credit limit i 've got fifty thousand dollars worth of money that i don 't have to pay back, and then you go out and spend fifty thousand bucks because i didn 't have boundaries with my money at that time, um, and then all of a sudden you 're paying eighteen percent twenty percent now people are paying twenty three twenty four twenty yeah. five percent you, you, you're never going to pay that back And I think when I finally just went cold turkey And literally froze all my credit cards um, And just only If it was in my wallet I spent it And that was painful for a couple of years Yeah Just getting that behind me I now like freak out Uh, Like all my credit cards are at zero except one, and I just I now do it for my mileage. Yeah, (laughs) my Amex. Right. Um, Other than that, I keep everything at zero. They've actually started shutting them down because I never use them, Um, and that's okay too. Um, Right. But I think I can feel the freedom of not having all that interest that I was paying that was so ridiculous. And I think I think in a way credit cards um, for me and maybe for other people it was a crutch where I could pretend like I had it together financially when I didn't really and using the credit card I could just put a band-aid on my financial situation right and and then tell myself yeah 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 no it'll be fine so I think for me that's been the um like has been huge is is not having credit card interest right, right. and not having the credit card debt right. it's so nice uh to to just know I don't right. have these floating debts because
1: it is it is a slippery slope and mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a temptation like the devil yeah. That I really think it is like, you know, I get, and if I have a credit card in Macy's, I will spend way more money than if I'm using a, um, a yeah. debit card. This is fact. So yeah. I don't use them anymore either. I just use American Express and in the, so what do you like, what do you really hate? I mean, I'm, I'm using a strong word here, but what do you really, really, really hate spending money on? Um, well, that's a couple things. Parking.
0: Parking. I freaking. I mean, with you and I will drive for a freaking hour and spend eighty dollars of gas. Yes. To avoid yes. paying for yes. parking, it. Oh my god. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. I, I. Like. Okay. I'll pay a buck. But like when I go to Dodger Stadium, really, you're gonna charge me fifteen bucks? After you're charging like eighty dollars for a beer, right? And and like,
1: come on. Yeah. That ruins an event yeah. for me in a heartbeat. Right. Have you ever thought about just offering people $5 to let you ride into the car to go into the Dodger Stadium?
0: Well, have, but that doesn't always work. Like, if you go to the Getty Museum, yeah. you have to prove that you came by taxi. You can't, uh, you I understand, you know, so just a thought, it's a thought, but, you know, I stalk a lot of people already and I'm, so I'm on parking,
1: a list. And is there one other thing that you just drives you nuts? You can't think of anything. You gotta give me a hand. I don't no. know. I, 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 just. I
0: thought they would be more than just parking. Oh, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: that was that's bizarre. great. Okay, that's good. Well, it was a very good answer. Parking. And I'm with you on that. You know I how I, I feel about parking. parking. So parking? Other, okay. I don't mind anything can I ask else. You, can, I ask parking. You, can I ask you another question? Yeah. All right, Bob. So I have, I have you know, I, because I've known you. And I've, I know your heart. I know that your job as a CFO at the comedy store, you know, back when I started the comedy store, about half of my checks would bounce. My hundred and twenty five dollar checks would bounce <laughs> from the comedy care. store. Yeah, yeah I know. Bounce. So did the fifteen
0: dollar checks. Yeah, the so yeah. fifteen
1: dollar checks would bounce. And then you just would count, you know, put them all together and then they would pay your fee. And it was just a ritual. It, wasn't it, was, any, a ritual. it was just expected. Yeah, it wasn't anything. And then you came in there because I used to think Mitzi had a bulldozer outside the store to keep the money from coming right. in the store. Like right. she would not allow the bulldozer. Yeah. No, get no money's coming. No in. money's coming. And you had to constantly battle that mindset that was there. And, you know, she was wonderful in every way, but she really didn't want for some reason that she just literally it seemed like there was a plan to keep money out of there. You know, Yeah.
0: you know, it's so interesting. I mean, Mitzi had a big heart. And I've I've told this before. There was a time where I went and got um, three thousand or five thousand bucks for the bank for the weekend. We were, we used to have those meetings in the back, um, which had the booth in the kitchen. Yeah. And um, I Mitzi asked me to run and do something, and I left the five thousand dollars in a bag on the table. And I went to do something, and I came back, and the bag was gone. And I said, Mitzi, um, somebody stole the money, and it's either a comic, it's got to be an employee or a comic. Because there's nobody in the building. Mitzi said, ah, it's probably a comic. They needed it more than we did, so don't worry about it. And I was like, what? And it was amazing because it did feel like Mitzi really actually just cared about the comics. Yeah, She loved the comics. She wanted that to be their home. Um, It was an artist colony. And she really didn't care about the money. And it was a struggle sometimes because I felt like every time we'd start to get money, um, she'd find ways to just – like. Bring that balance right back down to zero. And I, and I know I wasn't conscious because she did want to make sure that there was money to take care of everybody. She pulled out so much money against her house right. and took out loans. You were constantly um, we were, juggling
1: this uh, mortgage against this mortgage and you were buying yeah. yourself another five years every three years. Yeah. But, you know, the
0: cool thing was um, with all of that,
1: um, I was actually... I was talking to
0: Argus one time and he he was talking about, you know, did she, you know, when her health got bad, was it fair to keep her, her, you know, alive and all that stuff. And I said, you know, one of the coolest things was that as the store got more successful, uh, we were able to pay back all of those loans that she had taken out against her house. Right. Plus interest. Yeah. And it was such a cool um, feeling of knowing that, like, she had been made whole. Right, um, yeah. Because she she gave her love, sweat and tears and every last dollar to keep that club alive, yep. you know. She would tell me stories. Oh, my God, she used to tell me all these stories. And I think for her being a woman in a world that was considered a man's world and and going up against some of the other club owners and people really... Tried to take her out so many times. Um, I mean, at first I was like, "Ah, oh, Mitzi, really," but then I saw like yeah. that that happened. Like, um, you know, I think she did an amazing thing. So yep. for me, it was really cool that, like, for all that she gave, that that she was able to uh, be made whole and all
1: that stuff she did. That's wonderful. You know, no one, not not, never knows what Mitzi did for the store. No, Mitzi, M- Mitzi is the store. She is, and and Mitzi. It's given so many of us our, our whole career. She gave me my whole career. Everything is because of Missy, but I don't think very many people know that if it weren't for you, I mean, if it weren't for you, the the comedy store couldn't have come through all these years because it, it was, it was a heroic effort and you had the, you were the perfect man, the perfect time and the perfect place to stay the course. Because the craziness that that came through with the brothers and the you know all of that constantly and then the you know the 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 dynamics the people that were involved and and mitzi's health and you know mitzi's strong personality all that you weathered you weathered it like and I remember so many times you go well, i can 't do it anymore i 'm going <laughs> to tell him no i 'm going to say i'm out, this is the last month Um, you were like your nerves your blood pressure, you were so, uh, like, taken, like, always, every moment, I remember so many times being with you, the phone was, never stopped ringing, the comedy store, plus you had your own firm, (laughs) and then, you know, I mean, what you, what you did was heroic, and I, and I'm grateful for you, and I don't think, I know nobody, most people don't know, how would they know, but people do need to know that we got the comedy store, it kept going because of what you did,
0: well, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I, I really can't take full credit. I mean, I think there've been so many people that have done things at different times to help the store. I love the store. I loved Mitzi. I would have probably done almost anything for her. I yeah. might have even driven off a bridge. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I, thankfully, she never asked yeah. me. Um, she was a very charismatic woman, and um, I was fortunate enough to have um a really cool relationship with her and um i just felt like uh i felt i was lucky and i also all my friends were comics so i had we had to make sure there was a place for everybody to perform you know.
1: (laughs) and the way and the the beautiful thing too is the way like your calmness i mean i think you steered the whole family into into the right place you know because they are like in a really good place now the whole dynamic of the store everybody's you know given up a lot of ego and they're kind to each other and so much better and it's just so wonderful and i can't you know eventually it'll be open again
0: it will i can't wait yeah, yeah. i i love the store and you know mitzi still is the store so yeah. um it's been a uh it's been a crazy journey and i don't think i would trade it
1: right on i just want to say happy 90th birthday to mitzi shore today happy she 90th 90, birthday so happy beautiful yeah. 90th birthday to the most amazing woman and the mother of all all of us comedians that's why her funeral was on mother's day because she's everybody's mother in this business yeah. she's so special and I'm so grateful for what you did um I guess the last thing i I wanted to ask you in, in terms of finance is do you think it's wise for people and if you if they did how would you find a good financial advisor or did you just look towards a good cPA what is your how do you find the right person to help you?
0: Well, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. So some people are trying to just look at investing and then a financial advisor might be the right person for them. Other people are trying to look at tax strategies and and a, a CPA is probably going to be more what they're looking for. I think it's important to find somebody... You know, I'm amazed at how many financial advisors will tell you you should buy a house and you should put money in savings. Really? Do you have a house? No, I can't afford one. Do you have money in savings? No, I don't have any money left cuz right, right. I, I want so you should find people that it can least um walk the talk. Yes. Um and that know what they're talking about or that you get the sense that they're actually there to help you. Right. Um I've worked in a couple firms where it was all about scolding the client and and I just never understood that cuz I felt like I was there to be a service, and so it wasn't for me to shame the client into behaving a certain way. It was for me to understand how I could better serve them by getting to understand where they were emotionally. So I think um, it's important to figure out what you want. If I'm looking at my savings, if I'm looking at my future, uh, then a financial advisor, but I would ask around. And I think the best way to get a good accountant or a good advisor is through referrals. Find other people that love their accountant or find other people that love their advisor and, and go that route. We don't advertise. All of our clients are referral-based. And, I mean, I'm really proud of the fact that I, I took that company from a 100 initial right. clients to we have over a 1,000. And I've got a partner now who's amazing. And, you know, we all love what we do.
1: That's beautiful. Uh, One other thing, because of COVID, uh, you know, I'm not working. So I'm thinking about becoming a Zoom hooker Mm -hmm. because and I'm actually thinking about trademarking the name Zooker. Yeah. Zooker. Yeah. as Zoom hooker. It just came, just came to me yesterday. I think it's awesome. So is. Now, I think that. It's a legal business, yeah, because I'm just performing right on, on the Zoom right to mm-hmm. so, but that that's just my only. Like, if I when I set it up as a corporation, with as a. Would would that protect me for say, I couldn't, I don't see how I could hurt someone. They couldn't give them an STD because I'm from the zoom. That's right. But maybe I could give them a a, a vision. They can't get out of their head (laughs) and they're they're no longer able to sleep or have sex with anyone else because yes, I've, I've, maybe I've turned them gay and they weren't gay before. Right. Whatever I'm saying. There's, there's possibilities. So that's what I'm saying. Should I incorporate just to always
0: definitely want to, um, have a little bit of, uh, liability protection, protection. um, you know, Zoom will give them sexual protection, but uh, corporations going to give you liability liability protection. protection. That's which what is I'm... probably more important.
1: Okay, that's just all I needed to know. Yeah,
0: the only thing I'd worry about there though is if people start hitting the record on the Zoom, yeah. then they get to watch multiple um, versions of the same thing. You know, so
1: <gasps> oh, so really. It's, it's almost it, like you might need to get that
0: copyrighted or trademarked because people might like, then is start there's a work lagging. around that.
1: Oh yeah. God, I didn't, yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was zoom was a one-time shot.
0: No, you can push a button record. And is then,
1: there? I'm going to have to look for another platform. Yeah. More like, what is that other one? Shh, what the, the kids do? I know it comes for
0: a minute and then it's yeah. gone like snapshot or something. something like,
1: but I would need about, I would need a good three minutes to get a guy going. Yeah. You know, maybe three, five, five. Yeah. yeah, I think most people, you know, because I'm not as young as I used to be. Yeah, I need add some tricks. You need some, you need a little okay. time. Well, that that's some... good. See, you just right now, I would have spent all the money incorporating the Zoom technology, and I would have been giving it away for free. Could have been, ended up being sold. Thank you. Once again, Bob, you are the financial guru, and you've done a very nice job answering your questions. Well, thank you, you very much. You are a wonderful guest of your own show.
0: Well, you know, then if you're going to do the rest of it, then you have to ask where people can find me. Oh,
1: God, I'm so, okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, you know, if you're um, going to take my job this is the recap okay um thank you for sharing what you have shared today bob oh you know um, uh, and and thank you for helping us relate to the emotions of money yes and where can people <laughs> find you
0: bob people can find me at money you should or themoneynerve.com or bob wheeler at themoneynerve.com and, is that it
1: bob um, is that the only places they can find you well the gym maybe uh, not, no, now. not anymore. Not anymore.
0: Now no, I have my own home gym. I didn't want to pay the membership fees. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> all
1: right. Don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Search for money, you should ask, and all one word. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that like that. <laughs> and search for money, you should ask. That's all one word. Yes, you it can is. subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And dot 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 if you prefer to watch our episodes you can subscribe on our youtube channel and i would watch bob's cute face any day (laughs) do you ever go to bun boy and baker that face that was actually bob's he was the original (laughs) bun boy of baker and actually actually had a line of underwear for males called bun boy which i briefly sold in palm springs we could talk all night bob wheeler thank you again thank you again (laughs)
0: Thank you, Ms. Vicky, for having me on your show.
1: It's been my pleasure <laughs> taking over your show, Podcast Bombing. Ah, love it.
0: Congratulations, Bob, on 100 episodes. You made the grade. <laughs> Bob Wheeler, congratulations, man. One hundred episodes. That's awesome. Happy to be a part of it. God bless, man. Happy hundredth episode. Bob, I love your curiosity about money and life. I could be a part of your podcast, Money You Should Ask. Here's to the next hundred. Hey, Bob. It's your old pal, Jamie Kaler, here, wishing you congratulations on a hundred episodes of your podcast, which, by the way, a hundred episodes is when syndication kicks in and then you start to make millions and millions of dollars. So happy early retirement, my buddy. you will soon be living in a house of cash up on the top of the hill, and hopefully I can come visit. I love you, brother. Congrats. Hey, Bob. It's Mrs.
1: Schnitlick. Happy 100th episode. Love you.
0: Bob Wheeler, Matt Knutson here with a hearty congratulations on 100 episodes of Money You Should Ask. I remember when the podcast first got started, hearing a lot of your critics say,
1: sure, Wheeler can do 98, maybe 99, but you certainly showed them. Here's to 98 or 99 more. Peace. Congrats. Hi, Bob. Congratulations on 100 episodes. I'm so
0: grateful that we've worked together for so many years and that you asked me on your show. Here's to 100 more. Bob, what's up? It's Duncan. Congrats on your 100th episode. You're gonna have a million more. Well, I don't know if you're gonna live that long, but you're definitely gonna have hundreds uh, more episodes. And thanks for letting me be a guest on your awesome show. You're the best, I miss you. I miss the comedy store. I miss watching you perform.
1: Hi Bob Wheeler. how's it going? I am, I'm here. I'm Cynthia Levin. I did your show a while back. I don't know if you remember me. I regaled you with stories of um, how horrible I am with money and things. Are I'm fine now. I mean, this pandemic hasn't affected me at all. And that hundred dollars a week making minimums in order to get money from the government um,
0: is not affecting me at all. Listen, Bob. I am so
1: grateful for what you're doing. I want
0: to wish you a happy 100th episode of money you should ask (laughs) listen i'm making a pledge to listen to your podcast more often and um i hope everybody else does too cheers and thanks for what you're doing hey bob hanifa here i just wanted to congratulate you on 100 episodes of money you should ask i can't believe it lasted this long but anything can happen during a pandemic you're awesome i love you here's to 100
1: more Hey, this is Mike Marino, and I just wanted to say to Bob Wheeler, congratulations on your 100th episode of one of the most fantastic shows, funny shit. It's not funny. It's money. Money you should ask.
0: Hey, Bob. Congratulations on this exciting milestone. It's been so great to see all the things that you're doing, and I wish you so much success as you go for another 100.
1: Hey Bob, Kelsey from Cineadie Dogs here with all my dogs, but they won't come to me. Roo, come here, come here. Yes, my girl. I just want to wish you a happy 100th episode for the podcast. That's so, so amazing. I want to thank you for having me on as a guest. That was the best experience ever. I actually just started my own podcast and I cannot wait until I have 100 episodes. So I'm so happy for you, so proud of you, and I cannot wait for your next episode. Talk to you soon. Hi, hey Bob! Hey Bob!
0: It's Theresa Tanil from Down Under! Congratulations on 100 episodes! Yay. Woo! We're so proud of you. Your show deserves all the recognition, and here's to 100 more. Yay! Congratulations! Best of wishes! Love
1: you lots! Mwah! Hey Bob! It's Candace here. I wanted to give you a shout out for your 100th episode of your Money You Should Ask podcast. What a feat! Congratulations! Really happy that you're continuing to do the work, to be with people in humor and in seriousness as they navigate through the emotions that people have around money and finance, getting in touch with what really drives people. So great job and keep up the good work. Hey, Bob.
0: Yeah, someone told me this is your 100th episode
1: and happy anniversary. Yeah, yeah, Mitzi, I gotta go. It's Bob Wheeler calling. Okay, Bob. Hi, it's Jeff Scott, the house pianist at the Comedy Store
0: and the Park Hyatt. Hey, listen, ma'am, I want to congratulate you on 100 episodes of Money You Should Ask. That is awesome, especially considering you're only 24. Congratulations. What's oh, Mitzi again.
1: Mit, yeah, Peanuts and Perrier. Okay. Mary Kennedy here. Surprise! Happy hundredth episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm so glad I got to be on the show, and I'm so honored that I've gotten to work with you all these years. Happy 100th episode. Hello, Bob. I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode of your podcast, Money You Should Ask. I was very happy to be on your show and share you my story. And we had a lot of fun together. Keep up the good work.
0: Happy anniversary, Bob. 100 interviews. Good for you. Always excited to hear about your new guests and be part of your journey. So hopefully we see each
1: other soon.
0: I love you, Bob. Thank you for helping me understand I can have a spiritual relationship even with money.
1: Bob Wheeler. Congratulations. 100. That deserves some congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. You're such a rock star. And I just appreciate you. So with that, we want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Yay. Yay. Hey, Bob, you have got episode number 100 of
0: Your Brilliant Podcast coming out, and I am so excited for you, and I just wanted to congratulate you and tell you to keep up the good work. Thank you so much for adding to the value in the world. Well, hi, Mr. Bob Wheeler. Princess Cory here. I am so very proud of you. I just heard that you had 100 episodes under your belt. Well, if you're going to have 100 things under your belt, episodes are not bad to have <clears throat> couldn't have happened to a nicer gentleman thank you for putting energy out to the world that helps people all right shit congratulations bob it's your partner on funny money sheldon anderson you might not remember me because you're too busy doing 100 episodes of money you should ask okay but don't forget us because we're awesome but apparently you're even more awesome by yourself well maybe not but you're still
1: awesome